Welcome to Kingdom Talks, where we engage leaders, teachers, creative artists, and everyday people in conversations that awaken listeners to new revelations of the Kingdom Age. All of our courses, community conversations, partnership links, and much more can be found on our website, kingdomtalksmedia.com. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome everybody to Kingdom Talks. I have John Carter on here with us. We are going to be uh, just going to have a, a good time. I, I know that um, John, you have blessed me with uh, your music, and I listen to it literally. This almost sounds like I'm uh, stalking you or something. I feel like it sometimes <laughs> because <laughs> because I play your music all the time. Uh, literally it is at my house playing even though I'm not there I just play it because it sets an atmosphere and I play it here when I'm working in the background just because it is just such a powerful way to set the atmosphere and uh, I I, you know I I love a lot of different people's music but you know the the I have four or five songs that I repeat just because um, they just keep me in the zone so uh, again, John, so good to have you on here. Uh, tell you. us, you know, tell you know, you, it's been a while since you've been on here. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, and then dive into what you want to share with everyone? Okay, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I, I, Donna and I have been married. My wife Donna and I have been married now for ten years, and uh, it, right after we got married, we founded Taste of Manna uh, Ministries because we, we understood that there was a, a grand adventure that we had begun uh, in Yahweh. Uh, yeah. In fact, we call it a mad adventure. Uh, that's a statement that was attributed to St. Francis when he was asked about his relationship with God, and he said, it's a mad adventure. I don't know <laughs> if that's real or not, but I bought it. Right, <laughs> good. And, uh, it was everything about taste and see that the Lord is good. And our heart has always been and to enter into deepening relationship with the Lord, to taste and to see what, uh, the goodness of the Lord and then bring yeah. that into the body of Christ. And, uh, and so we, we launched that ministry and basically having two arms in it or two, two arms, I guess is the best way to put it. On one side is uh, uh, music that you were just talking about, which I've, I've been a musician and an artist all my life. Yeah, and it's been forever that I've been exploring the sounds of, of heaven, even before I realized that that's exactly what I was doing. Yeah, um, but uh, in 2012 was opened up to the 432 hertz tuning frequency, which shifted everything within me. And so the music part of it is is always operating. We call it 432 experience. It's up to 14 albums now. Wow. And uh, uh, it's very, very, you know, it's, it's a part of who I am. And so that's a part of what we're all about in, in opening up the atmosphere of, of heaven. And then the other side of it is the teaching uh, that I'm, I'm all about. Uh, I've been in, uh, I hesitate to use the word in ministry. It gets overused. But I, I, I pastored two different churches over a 20-year period. Um, I love to preach. I love to teach. Uh, and uh, so there's this ever-expanding download that I keep getting from the Lord, especially 
engaging where we are now in in the mm -hmm. opening up of I, I grew up in an evangelical Christian background and so my framework was nothing like where I'm at now yeah yeah I mean, no I hear you talk about, you didn't talk about miracles and you didn't talk about you certainly didn't talk about ascension right you didn't talk about you know uh, being positioned in the heavenly realms it, it, you know and that kind of thing all of that <laughs> shifted and uh, so, you know, we're very excited about what Taste of Mana is all about. Uh, we, we enjoy going out and ministering in gatherings. We love gatherings. I love being in person. There's something about it. Uh, we were talking earlier, you know, I feel like I'm in the room with you right now. Yeah. Even though we're separated geographically, that's the genius of technology. And yet at the same time, there is still something about uh, that physical presence in the room, and we just love yeah. that. And uh, so, you know, for those who are out there, we'd love to come. And if you if you have gatherings, if you're having a, you know, you'd like to have it, you know, come. You know, just visit our website. Uh, you can contact us, at, uh, uh, and we'd be happy to come. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, uh, you know, so we've been on this adventure uh, now for ten years. Uh, we're currently temporarily located in the in Moravian Falls, right at the top of Prayer Mountain. As a matter of fact, in, in Moravian Falls, awesome place. In Beautiful. fact, the temporary studio that I have, the backdrop is outrageous, uh, <laughs> and it it happens to be in a room uh, that a dear friend of ours uh, uh, set up a number of years ago when they first built the house as a sanctuary. And 24 hours a day, just music plays mm. quietly, and the place is just—I get whacked every time I come down here. But uh, we're getting ready to move again into a more permanent place. Uh, but it's all about, uh, you know, getting settled into a place where we can really work at uh, expanding the kingdom of God uh, as we have entered into this this kingdom age. And again, what you're doing is so, um, uh, you know, needed. In fact, um, almost any time that I need some frequency music, <laughs> I will turn to your music for that just because it's, um, it's powerful. Uh, we've got some others that we use as well, but um, I, I, I know that I use yours the most. And I, I was just thinking about it. We, we got to meet in person at Moravian Falls uh, just, what, a few weeks ago. And what I found interesting was while we were there... On one of the one of the um, Kingdom Equipping Center uh, on the road uh, events that we did, we had played your music in the background, and so while we were at the event, and literally you were you were standing almost next to me when my phone rang. I think you walked off, but right. I I'm talking to the person, and they're the the thing they're asking me was uh, who's that person that played the music, right? And you were you'd been standing right there. So anyway. Uh, it really resonates with a lot of people. You you absolutely have a gift and an anointing to change the atmosphere and make it an atmosphere that is so easy to uh, step into the heavens with with what you bring. Well, I, I appreciate that. In fact, you know, when uh, the first time that I was on Kingdom Talks, it was right after that uh, that uh, uh, the Lord really threw a challenge down to me to expand the platform that, that we have. Yeah, and 
and that expansion has gone into uh, video teachings. Uh, we have I've had a YouTube channel for a long time, but I restructured it. <coughs> it's Taste of Mana is the name of the channel. And on that channel now I'm doing regular teachings uh, and uh, worship videos. Uh, 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 and that is expanding the platform because while going out and, 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 and ministering uh, is good, uh, there's a, a worldwide audience out there that we're, we're reaching. And you know that, I mean, you're, you're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're everywhere, and and uh, so uh, you know I'm getting more comfortable with the video aspect of it. Uh, music, yeah, back in my wheelhouse, but the the video end of it was a little bit more. So we're growing in that. We're doing podcasting now. Uh, it's Heaven Speaks on uh, Podomatic. I was going to do Heaven Talks, but it was too much like Kingdom Talks, so I didn't didn't want to, <laughs> didn't want to mess with that. But uh, uh, so we're expanding the platform that way. Good, good. Uh, at the same time, um, I've got three music projects that are floating in front of me. Hmm. Uh, one of them, uh, a, a kind of a, a directive was given to me at the last conference that I did with uh, Chris Carter. Uh, he and I get along so well. I, he's my brother from another mother. Right, same last name and all that. And same last name, <laughs> and we're the same uh, 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 ancestry. We're both from a Celtic uh, Oh, awesome. And when we were getting done with it, he, he looked at me and he says, you, I, I want you to do a Celtic album. Oh. Uh, and, you know, I, I hadn't really thought about the fact that it's so much of the music I do, in fact, almost all of it, has that kind of feel to it, uh, but it wasn't specifically that, and so now I'm I'm that's that's right on the for you're working on it, and I've got to talk to Heather because Heather caught me after the conference in Moravian Falls and said that there was a there was an album that had to be done, and I thought I heard her say an Indian. Donna seems to think she heard uh, Hebrew or, or Israeli, but a different flavor album, which really fascinates me because it's taking this expansion of the sound of heaven into different yeah. culture, if you will, areas. Yeah. And then I've got one that just absolutely fascinates me. It has everything to do with the sound and the song of the planets. And as we most of us know, uh, NASA has recorded a number of the planets. Uh, I have the audio of Earth, which is fascinating. It's awesome. Wow. I, 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 I've got this idea of, of taking samples of the audio, and I've got the equipment to turn those samples into literal instruments to play. Wow. And I want to create an album that is a symphony of the cosmos <laughs> so we're going to find out where where all of that goes in the days ahead but it it's uh, i bet a lot of people are going to find that very very interesting and fascinating um i mean do you have any uh clue of when that would come out because i know i think you talked about it, at least in moravian falls when i was there i think you'd talked about it um yeah uh, that was really the one that I, was uh, first and foremost on my, my list until Chris and Heather nailed me. And I'm going, okay, now I've got, uh, you know, you've got to do this. And uh, time frame wise, I'm not exactly sure, 
probably uh, before the end of the year, I'd like to get uh, something done on it. I'm just beginning to explore it, but it's going to happen. It's gonna so happen. good. So good. So good. So, uh, again, anybody listening, just encourage you to go. Uh, his website's right up there. So take a look at it, tasteofmana.net. And um, uh, really encourage you to, to get some of this music. I, I do. I seriously play it uh, sometimes 24-7. I just leave it going. And um, it just sets the atmosphere. And when we are doing ascensions, um, almost most of the time anyway, I will use your, your music when we're doing ascensions to kind of aid in that place of getting our our brain shifted over into the spiritual side so we can engage with Father that way. It's good. So, John, what, um, um, what message is kind of resonating on your heart right now? What are you excited about with what Father's doing? Oh, my goodness. You know, of course, everybody is... <clears throat> lit up over the fact that we've entered a brand new decade yeah yeah and um, I really believe that the, this is the most dynamic decade in human history I That's would agree statement. I would but agree everything is accelerating in in such a fashion and of course so many people are are in myself included fascinated with the fact that this year is 2020 mm -hmm. and so many voices are talking about clarity of vision and you know the need to see uh, correctly and that is something that I have been sitting with now for a little over a year yeah it's been a little over a year ago that uh, I was reading through uh, the book of Isaiah which is one of my favorite books that I spend a lot of time in and I happen to be reading in, in uh, the Passion Translation. And in Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 uh, uh, through the beginning of verse 4. And the way that Brian Simmons translates uh, this passage lit me up. And, and it just simply says this, Rise up in splendor and be radiant. For your light has dawned. We're not waiting for something to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's already here. And Yahweh's glory now streams from you. I think that's just <laughs> awesome. He says, look carefully. Darkness blankets the earth. Thick gloom covers the nations. But Yahweh arises upon you, and the brightness of his glory appears over you. Nations will be attracted to your radiant light, and kings to the sunrise glory of your new day. And this statement, the beginning of verse 4, really grabbed me. Lift up your eyes higher, look all around you, and believe. Wow. Lift up wow. your eyes higher and look all around you and believe. And, and I really believe that, that if we are, well, not if, we are uh, experiencing an elevation or an ascension in our eyesight. Yeah. Uh, in, in the expansion of our vision. If we're going to be seeing clearly, we have to see from a different place than we're used to seeing. So he says, lift up your eyes higher uh, and, and look all around you and leave. Um, it's critical. Uh, it's, it's really and I, I shifted the term here uh, from ascension to ascended. 
you know, I'm all in on Ascension, and, and I love Ascension groups, and I think they're very necessary in this time frame that we're in as we are becoming accustomed to who we are and where we are. Right, right. <clears throat> in reality, we're already ascended. Yeah. We're already yeah. seated in Christ in the heavenly realms. And so it's the awakening uh, or the lifting up of our eyes, the expansion of that bandwidth of vision to see as Father sees. We yeah. have our Father's eyes. And so it's very important in this time frame, uh, not just to, to think about what we're seeing, but how we're seeing. That's so good. Because how we see is really far more important than just simply what we're seeing. And I think it was um, New Year's Eve 2018, or, you know, as we were in 2017, moving into 2018, New Year's Eve, and we were having a service on that evening. Just We just gathered. It wasn't really even a service. It was just a gathering. And, and But I spoke out just something that the Father just dropped in me. And the word that He dropped in me was that we would begin living up here and coming down here when we needed to. And I didn't really even understand what that was, but through the year, uh, you know, other people were getting very similar words. The whole idea of living the ascended life, that we need to live from that perspective, not, you know, just occasionally, once in a while, go up there to see what's going on, but that we would learn that that is where we're at. Our perfected self is there, and we need to just engage with that part of our existence and stay there right it's right. and it's yeah. life-changing sure it is you know and, and it uh, you know it was funny because when I first began to uh, really was sitting with this like I said it's been a little over a year ago and I can't get away he won't let me get away from it because yeah. everything is uh, lifting up and it's the raising of the frequencies yeah from a lower frequency to a higher frequency um, yeah. I think it was David von Korving that said our eyes see seven, 700 times faster than we hear. Wow. So it's wow. very, you know, our, our sight is something that, that, that can be very expansive, but it's a higher frequency. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, it was funny because I was, I was thinking about it, and when I first thought about it, especially that second part of it, it says, uh, look all around you and believe. Now that word believe is in other translations typically the word see okay and it was interesting me uh, to me that brian simmons tapped into something and used the word believe now the word believe is often the same word as faith yeah yeah and when i the was duo i think it is in greek anyway yeah and and so okay so having that in in, in place look all around you and faith and I was thinking about it, and I was reminded of, of you know, Paul wrote in Second Corinthians chapter five, uh, verse seven, uh, "We walk by faith, not by sight." And I grew up, like I said, in an evangelical conservative background, where you know, you don't, if you think that you're getting revelation, you're seeing things in heaven, you're just deceived. You walk by faith; you don't see anything until you get to heaven. <laughs> and that's and that verse was quoted. Mm -hmm. So I kind of spoke that in my mind, and Holy Spirit was very direct, and I, I had to write it down because it was it was it just it, it stopped me. 
He said, you're absolutely right. You walk by faith and not by sight. Yeah. But you have misunderstood these words. Mm -hmm. Faith is not the absence of sight. Faith operates from the realms of heaven. Yeah. Faith sees from beyond the veil, always looking at that which is unseen by the natural eyes, taking hold of heaven and bringing it into the natural realm of earth. And when, I, when he spoke that to me, all I did was just go in Paul's letter, because he didn't <laughs> write chapters and verses. Right, right. <clears throat> in his letter, back in the context of his narrative, just about six verses early, earlier, where he says, we look at the things which are not seen, not yeah. the things which are seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, the things which are unseen are eternal. Right, right. And so when, as soon as that happened, the Lord said, well, you're, you are continually praying, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, number one, the kingdom is here. Right, yeah. It's not only here and it's still coming, but it's here. Yeah. Within this, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the quiet question was, well, how do you know as it is in heaven if you're never there? Mm -hmm. If your perspective is never from the heavenly realm, how are you ever going to know what it's like on earth? So and good. So, you know, it's an ascended vision. I was yeah. fascinated by uh, uh, Jean Goyon. Uh, she was uh, writing about abandonment, abandoning ourselves to God. And, and for me, th this abandonment, this going deeper and deeper and, and in, into, into Yahweh is ascension for me. Yeah, yeah. The more I abandon myself to him, the more I am ascending, as it were, it's not directional, but expanding into him. And she writes, so for me, this is an ascension, right? Mm -hmm. Abandonment is the means the Lord will use to give you revelation. The revelation you receive will come to you as reality, not merely knowledge. And that is so awesome because that's where we're moving into the reality from the heavenly realm yeah. as we're looking <clears throat> with our father's eyes is yeah. a reality it's not just simply information we're getting right you know and, and you're using the term uh you know seeing it through the father's eyes and um uh you know we all have some different ways and perspectives and experiences and and we are one. We're one with Yeshua. Yeshua is one with the Father. We're one with the Father. So we should be able to see through his eyes. Mm -hmm. In a lot of my encounters, uh, I spend a lot of time with my perfected self. I see, I see uh, you know, Holy Spirit to the, to the left of the Father, Yeshua to the right of the Father. And then I see myself to the right of Yeshua. And in my understanding of things, each and every person that, who's ever lived could see themselves to the right of Yeshua. But in this case, it's my encounter. So I'm there and we sit there together and we, you know, look at the, the earth, at the earth realm, and we see it from a whole different perspective. So I, you know, actually enter into my perfected self so that I can see. And it's not just seeing with the eyes, but it's perceiving all of what's going on through my perfected self and it changes everything if i was freaked out about something and i go look at it from that perspective it's like oh nothing to be worried about you know exactly. is it a challenge sure <laughs> but nothing to be worried about 
Hey there, thank you for joining Kingdom Talks. We are taking a short break to share with you the life-changing online course called Ultimate Impact. Gil and Adina do an amazing job taking the complicated and making it simple and applicable for your life. Ecclesia groups are using this course to shift their thinking into the next age paradigm. Yeshua spoke of power, authority, love, and oneness that we have yet to walk in. So if you're ready to deconstruct limiting beliefs in order to step into what Father is doing now, this course is for you. Sign up today at KingdomTalksMedia.com under the Courses tab. Now, back to the show. Yeah, by, by looking, as you said, you know, through the eyes of your perfected self, you're, you're seeing as Father sees. Yes. We have our daddy's eyes. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's it's good. Awesome. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Love that. And 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 so all of this uh, is, you know, when I was looking at this passage of scripture and I'm seeing it, okay, what's the framework is, is that's happening in this decade? Because this decade, I really do believe, is the most defining one in human history. I agree. And so when he, the very first thing that he talks about, you know. Uh, you know, uh, rise up and be radiant because Yahweh's glory now streams from you. What I am perceiving and seeing of this decade is a rapid acceleration of transformation unto transfiguration. Yeah. The glory streaming from us. Um, I know that there are passages of scripture that talk about, you know, that, that we all, re- well, that one writing is we reflect the glory of the Lord. Well, it's more than just a reflection. Mm-hmm. Something that reflects light or re- is a reflector loses, diminishes in power. Something that emits that light increases in power or never decreases in power. And so we're more than just a reflection of God. We are being transformed into a luminous manifestation of the Lord. And I, I really believe embedded in that ver- uh, first verse of Isaiah 60 is a, is a picture of what is transpiring even now throughout the earth uh, in, uh, in the body of Christ. So you would be considered, I, as far as I'm concerned, an, an expert in this area that I'm going to ask a question on, and that is um, one of my perceptions and beliefs is that this year and decade is going to be uh, tremendous for people who are learning to step into the place where they love themselves as the uh-huh. Father loves them. And when you look on the spectrum of all the different frequencies that our emotions put out, uh, love, you know, is way up there near the top. And that as we are learning to love ourselves as the Father loves us, that will create, I mean, we could talk about that all day in terms of what it would do for the, the, the planet if we just loved ourselves, because uh, most people don't. And when they don't, then they have insecurity. And when they have insecurity, then they got to beat everybody else down in order to lift themselves up, all that. But when we love ourselves, we don't have to do that. And that is increasing our frequency and the, you know, the luminosity or the brightness that you were just talking about. Um, what would you have to say to that? 
Well, I, I really believe that love is the highest frequency. Yes, I would, yeah, absolutely. Because God is love. Exactly, exactly. And so whatever is, is being released in his, in his voice, which is more than just a speaking voice, it, he's singing. Yes. And, and the resonant song that he is continually releasing is a song of bliss. It's a song of love. Yeah. Not a song of, of death and destruction. It's right. A song of, it's, a, it's a song of, of, and the term that was used uh, that, that, that I latched onto, I mean, I, I heard it from him, was furious love. Huh. The first time I heard that, huh. it seemed like it didn't fit. Yeah, yeah. Until, because, you know, you look at the word furious and it means, you know, something that, that just absolutely tears everything apart. But when you look at 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, and you realize, you know, okay, that has been sentimentalized. It's become a, you know, a refrigerator magnet. You yeah. Know, something we do on Valentine's Day, which is great. But when you begin to read what Paul, who, who flowed in the dynamic of love continuously, everything that he begins to write in that, it shows a, a, the, a love that stops at nothing to take hold of, of the beloved, to bring everything into himself. And that's all in all. Love. Right. And so that's the highest frequency. And so, you know, that's, that's what I'm seeing. And when I see this in this passage of Scripture, and he goes on and he says, okay, look carefully. And then he talks about darkness covers the land and deep gloom over the nations. Well, if I'm looking around in the earth realm, that, what do we see? We're seeing a tremendous amount of darkness. Yeah. And uh, uh, a while back, I, was, I, I, I literally was caught up into space. And I was standing with, with Jesus in space, which in and of itself just absolutely, you know, what do I do with this? <laughs> and I, I'm looking at earth the way that we normally see it you know, from the Hubble telescope and that, this beautiful blue planet. But it was all dark, covered in gloom. Huh. And I could make out the, I could make out the continents, but, but they were all dark with the exception of just little faint light here and there. And, the, and I, this has happened to me now twice. The first time it happened, I'm, 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 I'm there with him and I'm watching this and suddenly there were streaks, what looked like streaks of light hitting earth all over the place and every place that they hit, hit the earth, it sprung in, burst into light and it was like the earth began to go like it began to breathe. Huh. Well, at that I was caught up in that again a second time and the same thing happened and I realized the second time where that light was coming from. It literally was coming out of me. I was going to, yeah. <laughs> I was, wow. And then when I, when I look wow. at this passage in, in Isaiah, he says, the glory is streaming from you. Now look carefully, you're seeing all of this gloom, but Yahweh's glory rises on you. Yeah. And so I am, I am convinced that in this, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, I was thinking about it the other day, and I don't know how much time we've got, but I was thinking about it just the other day. 
you know, Jesus was talking to his disciples. It's in Matthew chapter 5. It's in the narrative of the uh, Sermon on the Mount. But he, he's talking to the people. And then it says, but he, then he was talking to his disciples. And he said to them, you are the light of the world. Yes. Now, up until that point, everybody had been talking about Jesus being the light of the right, world. Right, right. To them, he says, you're the light of the world. Of the world. And he makes a curious statement. It says, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Mm-hmm. And then he shifts and said, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a bushel, but puts it on a lampstand so that everyone can see it. Well, then I'm looking at that and I'm going, okay, all right. We are light. Right now, yeah. the scripture says we are light in him. Mm -hmm. That's Ephesians 5. Once we were darkness, now we are light in the Lord. But we're being transformed and transfigured, not being light in the Lord, but the light as the Lord or of the Lord. Yeah. They become luminous manifestations. We are the light. And then he uses that curious statement of, you know, a, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Well, where's the new Jerusalem? And where, what hill is he talking about? Talking about the mountain of the Lord. That's the way I'm looking, I'm seeing, because it was way more than just a simple parable. Yeah. And I can imagine, now this came before the disciples went up on the Mount of Transfiguration with him. That comes in Matthew 16. But I think that perhaps they might have remembered that he said, look, when you are in this ascended place, you're, you're, you can't be hidden. The light was everywhere. Wow. And and then you know, then I'm thinking, okay, what's this bushel? This bushel, so much of us, you know, we're allowing this earthbound reality to shroud us. But when we ascend or lift off that and, and come out from underneath that, then we begin to see that that darkness that we're seeing and that gloom that we're seeing is a shadow. Mm -hmm. It's not the reality. Yeah. Reality is that all is becoming light in the Lord. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord is filling the earth, and that's what I see is happening in this coming age or decade. That that again is so good. And what I love is if is Father gives different downloads to different peoples for the same message or the you know to show it the the same point. And um, uh, the the phrase I've used is that um, we're in a season where we're breaking out of the matrix, the matrix of lies, which is the darkness that covers us, that keeps us and prevents us from seeing and understanding the truth of who we are. And so, yeah, I love that. Now, I want to come back to your point of you seeing that vision of you outside of the earth and that those points of light started coming out of you and hitting different places on the earth. Uh, I don't know if you you connected it but for me it just connected really quickly the fact that you said when you were on kingdom talks last time that you were challenged by the lord to expand and start doing more stuff to where and literally you know it is light and energy that's sending this stuff across the world through the internet and that wow. your light is hitting different places around the world and yeah. illuminating them yeah and that's and that is exponentially happening and growing in the lovers of God, the blood redeemed, yeah. who are awakening to our true identity. Yeah. You know, that, that, that three, that three uh, I call them the three W's. 
who am I, where am I, and why am I? You know, who am I is, is I am enfolded in Christ. I am a new creation. Yeah. Kainos being. <clears throat> I, am a, I am a whole different species than, than has ever been on earth before in Christ, right? That's who I am. Where am I? I am co-seated with him in the executive authority yeah. uh, of the right hand of God. And the mere translation uh, puts it this way. See yourselves co-raised with Christ. Now ponder with persuasion the consequence of your co-inclusion in him. Relocate yourselves mentally. Engage your thoughts with throne room realities where you are co-seated with Christ in the executive authority of God's right hand. That is so good. And that's, uh, that's the Passion Translation? No, that's the mirror. The mirror. The mirror. That's right. one I haven't got yet. I need to get yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, and then the next statement is, Becoming affectionately acquainted with throne room thoughts will keep you from being distracted again by the earth soul room realm. So we're becoming affectionately acquainted. Yeah. The deeper yeah. we go into yad heh vav the more everything expands, the more, and, and this affection, you know, I, I used to be one of these where I was very careful about talking about, you know, that, how much do you want to talk about love and bliss and ecstasy and, <laughs> and all of that's off the, you know, that's, that's gone. I'm all in. Yeah. Right. 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 You know, yep. I, 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 I want to be blissed all the time in him. You know, because once you begin to taste and see his goodness, why would you yeah. want to go anyplace else? Really, why would you want to go anyplace else? You know, and, and you're talking about, you know, kind of not holding back anymore. And and I think of uh, all the people in the churches where I used to pastor and these people that would be free to just do crazy stuff. And I'm looking at them thinking, these are some really weird people. And yet... Now I'm one of them because, <laughs> <laughs> because you know, I, I, I just want to engage with the Father and He gives us freedom and it just opens us up. And the more that I step into that, the more I walk in that, that weirdness, if you want to call it that, um, where I'm doing things that, you know, if, if I were looking at myself you know, from five years ago, I'd be thinking some pretty strange things about myself now. But... But that now I know that as we give ourselves the freedom, it opens up doors, it opens up the gates inside of us to engage further and deeper with the Father. That's right. So, it's good stuff. So I encourage you, if you're listening, to feel, feel free to step in and, and do what Yahweh's guiding you to do in love. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And... Uh, and that's what we see, you know, I, 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 because I'm all over the place. Now I'm, you know, okay, now I'm off on love. And then I, I'm going, okay, so then he says, the nations will come and the kings will come. Yeah. And talking about this glorious reformation of nations. He's talking about this glorious restoration of things. He's talking about this 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 place where every knee bows and every tongue confesses yeah. the glory of the Lord, right? And I used to be one of these that that really not to go down a different road and, and get into some areas that may some people stir up some things with people, but I used oh, to Oh, let's be, do it. Oh, yeah, why not? 
when it comes to the restoration of all things. Yep, yep. Love, love wins. Love wins. Mm -hmm. And you see that in Isaiah. Yes. Isaiah, like Enoch, looked forward, and not only was he speaking uh, the Lord through him to the nation of Israel, he was speaking to the earth of what yeah. is happening in the sons of God right now. You know, and so when I when I look at this and I see the nations and the and the kings and all of that coming mm -hmm. to the Lord, it's the attraction. Yeah, the attraction that is drawing them, not the message turn and burn, but the message of love wins. Yes, and that love wins in this this furious love that goes out into the earth realm and conquers all darkness. And I, I now find it very curious, and yet I used to be in that camp, so I'm not judging, but I, find, I just find it curious that I guess where I was, was I was in a place where I had been taught you know, about this eternal fire and hell and that uh, you know, these people, you know, they don't deserve to be saved because they didn't make the right choices and blah, 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 blah. And it's like the Father finally came to me and he said to me, what is in me? That makes me want to take scripture and try to line it up with that version of interpretation versus lining it up with the fact that God says, I am love. And when God says that he is love, shouldn't I be looking at having the scriptures be interpreted so that they line up with that? Because this God of burning people in hell forever, and uh, you know, there's even been comments from past theologians about how God enjoys watching the the you know the wicked burn in hell forever. I'm like, my goodness, that is not the loving God that I know. And you know, for Him to ask, well, what is in me that makes me want to even interpret it that way? Well, it's my judgment, it's my pride, it's my my um, you know sense of I want justice. They didn't choose you; they shouldn't live. You know, they need to burn. They need to be tormented. They need to be punished. And that all comes out of a place that is not a place of love. And so it's just, um, I, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this, I just encourage you to, to continue to go back. Don't limit God. That's another thing that we're doing when we are, um, are, are saying that God can't save, you know, the entire creation. It's all over in Scripture. I mean, there are so many things where he talks about, you know, uh, the restoration of all things and that every knee will bow. Well, wait a minute. If every knee is going to bow, does that mean at some point that God decides to say, hey, your freedom of choice is done. I'm done with that. You're going to bow to me now. Does God do that? Or does he take the time to win them over with his love to where they come to a place of, he loves me unconditionally. I'm going to bow because this is the loving God. You know, these, these kind of things are so, so vast for me. Um, it, it simply is that when I am faced with overwhelming love, I'm undone. Yeah. They, they, you know, they, well, he's given you free will, but when it's like Song of Songs, the lover says to the beloved, you ravished my heart, my sister, my bride. You mm -hmm. ravished my heart with one glance of your eye. Yeah. Okay, that word ravished is violently thrown down, taken by force. Hmm. Okay, now that is the Lord speaking to the beloved. Yeah. I have found myself <clears throat> echoing it back. The beloved echoes it back. You ravish my heart. Yeah. 
And when I, in my own personal experience, without getting into a lot of of doctrinal debates, it right. doesn't it doesn't have it's not theological debates. Yeah. Theology is the study of the nature of God, the person right. of God. Doctrine is all the framework that we put together to try to to govern Explain how and understand. we uh, conduct things. Ninety nine percent of the debate out there is doctrine. It has nothing whatever to do with theology. Very when good I, point. When I when I come face to face and it's happening to me more, more, more and more every day. Yay! Anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, that and and I am, I am, face to face with that flaming presence of love. Free will doesn't even come into it. It's not a question of him, uh, of him forcing. It's the question of a love that is so consuming that nothing stands in its way to re to bring me back into where I always was in the beginning. Yes. And for me, uh, you know, it says God reconciled past tense all things to himself. The cosmos. The cosmos mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. him. And so when I'm, and that's why I'm fascinated with what's going to happen uh, with trying to frame up some kind of sonic uh, picture of the cosmos by taking the sounds of the planet and and making music with it. This is this is you know fascinates me, but I want to hear the the song. Yeah. Of the cosmos. Yeah. Because it's our song. We're mm. you know and and it, it it is it's 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 overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Yeah. So. You know and just again. Something that Adina and I talk about a lot is, um, you know, what is your concept of God? What is your belief? Does your belief limit God or does it make God as big as he can possibly be? Because honestly, we have so many limiting beliefs about God that we've put him in a box that he's really not sovereign. He's only capable in our belief system of doing what we think he's capable of doing. And for the idea that he's capable of saving every person and everything he's ever created and redeeming it you know it it boggles my mind to think that god created this perfect place this universe you know perfect garden of eden and adam and eve and then things started going astray and he's going ah, you know freaking out because what how'd this happen you know he it didn't so it says that christ was slain from the foundation of the world god had a plan from the beginning I, now, I don't want to open up another can of worms, so I'm not going to go down another road on this, but, but it's just, did God know what he was doing from the beginning or not? And if he did, when he says he's going to restore all things back to what we were, back to the way it was when he started, is he capable? And my answer would be an obvious, well, yes, he's God. But yet there are some people out there that feel like he's not capable or that, you know, he can't do it. And usually it comes into the place of freedom of choice. And, you know, for me, that whole thing of freedom of choice is uh, that if he gave us choice, he gave it to us for eternity. It's not something that he's going to take away. And, and for me, now, even as you said, it just, uh, uh, you know, uh, sparked a thought. He has made us both priests and kings. 
Uh, he has he has called us into the order of Melchizedek. If you want to go down that road, which yeah, is yeah. awesome. You don't operate as a priest and a king if you don't have sovereign authority. You don't have authority. Yeah. If you don't have a sovereignty, a sphere of influence, which is your your sovereignty. Right. And for me, this free will uh, issue that has been, uh, and I haven't even framed this up. That this is the first time I've I've even thought about it because uh, what we're talking about is is the free will to choose to be saved or unsaved. Mm -hmm. That really is a very narrow concept of what free will is. Take a, change the word from free will to to the the sovereign, uh, the place of sovereignty. He he gave us sovereignty because he were made in his image, and right. he's a sovereign being. Yeah. Yeah. He's given us the ability to choose to rule and reign with him. That, of course, will never go away, and that is coming into its real fullness in this, I believe, this, this coming decade, as it, as it progresses, is going to show this exponentially. It's accelerating. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to look like at the end of 10 years, but it's going to be radically different than it is now, only because when it talks about the sons of God being revealed, mm -hmm. And we are being revealed yeah. is for the purpose of a liberation of creation into the fullness of who we are in Yahweh, the yeah. fullness of Christ manifested in the earth realm. That requires that we operate with a free will, but the mandate as a king and a priest is that freedom of choice or free will is always in concert with the flaming love mm -hmm. of God that is pulsing through us so that we are operating even as he operates. Yes. Yeah. So my, my view of free will was very, very narrow. So narrow to the point where it doesn't even bear measurement. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, doesn't come into play. Yeah. So anyway... Well, so a little bit different note in path is um, uh, just, um, you know, in this decade that's coming, we know that uh, technology is increasing massively in this next decade. Um, some have even moved what they call the singularity of technology. They've moved that date from 2045. Some have moved it to 2029. Wow. And at, at that point is, is what they, when they believe that uh, AI will become so intelligent that it'll take over and humanity won't be able to keep up with it anymore. It'll be out of our hands. So that's what they call this, this singularity of technology, which mm -hmm. when you look at it from a earthly perspective, that can be very scary. Now, if you believe that technology is going to do a lot of good things for us and that it's not going to annihilate us, then okay, that's good. Okay, that's all right. But... But as I was contemplating this, the father just downloaded me, and I wrote a blog on this probably a year and a half ago, but he just downloaded me and he says, he said, um, but I have my spiritual singularity that's coming before the technological singularity. And that fits right in with what you're saying, that as this decade progresses, that the sons of God, the mature sons are going to be revealed, and there is no AI that will stand a chance against a mature son. And um, yeah, well, and 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 uh, you know, I, I love uh, what Nancy Cohen, you know, 
the righteous real. Yes. Yeah. So if we're yeah. looking at AI, then we're looking at something that is the counterfeit, counterfeit. Bill. Yep. What's the righteous real of AI? Mm -hmm. It's I am. <laughs> That's good. I like that. So the more I am engaging, I am. That's the really more, good. The more I'm, it doesn't frighten me at all. In fact, it can be used the way it is, but I can see beyond it. I can see beyond it. Yeah. So good. So we got about five or six more minutes here. Um, uh, what what else has Yahweh got on your heart? Oh, gee, in five minutes. Five minutes. Five minutes. Okay. the The other thing that that is is uh, the place of worship. Yeah. Just a synopsis. I'll come back again and we'll go into it more. <laughs> I'm just saying. But anyway, uh, we are we are rapidly shifting in in the entire framework of what worship is. It's it's ascended worship. Yeah. And just very briefly, Donna and I were going up to uh, uh, Boone or through Boone up to Blowing Rock, up in the Blue Ridge Mountains one day, and we were driving along, and a, a subject came up about worship or something, and it popped into my mind, does God worship? And from my background, that is a crazy state. Why would God worship? Because my concept of worship is always doing something to give honor to God, or to praise God, or to fall before the Lord. Yeah. So if God is worshiping, does that mean he's a narcissist? <laughs> and he's worshiping himself. But the word worship simply means honor. Mm -hmm. God honors yeah. all that he speaks. Everything that comes out of him is honoring. You look at Genesis. God creates, he says, this is good. This is good. This is good. So, you know, yes, when we enter into worship, we are worshiping in him and with him. In fact, he told me one day, he says, look, he says, worship is not something that you do, it's who you are. Yeah. And I am in you and you are in me, I am worship. So the, the framework of worship in this next age, and it's beginning to happen, the progression out of all of the different ways worship has been done, we're moving out of strictly a prophetic worship to an ascended worship. A worship that is raising frequencies. It's it's it, it's yeah. not like prophetic music and such is not going to go away, but it is the raising of frequencies in such a way that that uh, worship is going to be flowing out of us and out of Him at the same time. There's something about the voices of men and women that are being raised in worship, and it's not just band driven. It's not. I play an instrument, so I mm -hmm. love playing the instrument. But the greatest instrument of all is human voices. And if you go back in those points in human history, the Gregorian uh, uh, yeah. monks, uh, the the Irish uh, monks in in Ireland, was it Iona? Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I, 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 Three hundred years. They didn't have instruments. They did, you know, outside of uh, things. But their voices being raised in such a frequency the higher frequency that is releasing things in the earth. That's what I'm passionately trying to pursue sonically, but I am seeing that worship as we know it, and we're beginning to get little pictures of it, is a cooperation or, or a participation 
in the heavens where we're seated. <laughs> if that makes any sense, I don't know. Well, so give me an example if, if in modern day times, in, a, in, a, in, in today's churches, um, if we were, you know, watching a, a group that was engaging in prophetic worship, what would that look like and in, in describe that? And then what would uh, an ascended worship look like and, and describe that? Well, I think there's going to be such a, there's going to be a blending of it. I think that in, we're catching little bits and pieces of it even now. Uh, just a matter of 10, 15 years ago, uh, churches were still locked in pretty much the same framework of the band leading things in, in songs with the lyrics and then going from one song to the next. Mm-hmm. Then you have places like Bethel and, and other places where they're expanding. And now there's a lot of worship that's coming out which is very prophetic and very, mm-hmm. uh, there may be crafted songs. There's always going to be the poets, always going to be the music, uh, you know, the songwriters. Yeah. Uh, David is right. a, the, the prime example. So I'm not putting, I'm not separating that, <clears throat> but it's coming from a place where, where they're resonating with the presence of God in its release. At the current time, we're still very much driven by the bands themselves which tend to dominate more than take a back seat. Mm. Uh, the, the volumes are loud, the, the audience yeah. is there. Whenever I've been in a situation, and a real quick example, whenever I've been in a situation where the band has begun to sail a little bit and they're moving out of a prophetic way more into an ascended way, that ascended to me just simply means I'm engaging worship from where I am in heaven, along with all of heaven is there as well. Yeah. And it, you know, I've got something else on that, but I won't go into it. You probably have experienced it too, where you've been in a room and the band has begun to, to say la a little bit. And even if the band hasn't, the voices of the people have begun to rise up and suddenly you begin to realize there are far more voices in the room than there are people. <laughs> hmm. That's ascended worship. Because yeah. now we are engaging out of the heavenly realm. Yeah. From the place of our being and not just simply music that we're engaging in. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm still trying to see it. I've experienced it. Yeah. Where yeah where the worship that I'm beginning to let out of my being is being joined with those around me and it's taken to a whole different place. And it kind of makes sense along the lines of, uh, you've probably heard Chris Carter teach and talk about this, but just another hallmark of the next age is that rather than being one person up front, you know, you know with their gift, and where everybody comes to that person, rather that person uses their gift to engage everybody else, right? And to get them to, um, he has shared a couple times, and I and I love every once in a while just going back and listening to uh, uh, Bobby McFerrin, and uh, when he's doing the choruses yeah. with different yeah. groups, you know, he's he's taking his gift and he's applying it and letting everybody engage in the gift rather than just coming to see him. It's an engagement. And I, I really believe in this in this decade, especially in the hearts of people. First of all, to understand that you are a song, hmm. your very DNA 
Yeah. So it's not like, oh, well, I'm not, a, you know, I can't sing, I can't play an instrument, I'm all, whatever. No, you, by ver very nature of your being, are a song. So yeah. when I am releasing who I am in him, mm -hmm. and we are joined together, we are worshiping together, we are singing, like, you know, the scripture says, he's rejoicing over us with singing. Yeah. He's leaping, he's dancing, he's spinning, he's twirling, he's singing, right? And we are joined in the dance, the divine yeah. dance. Love that. Right? Well, that went, then that expression will be released. And as that's joined together, I mean, you know. Yeah. It becomes the symphony and the harmony of all things together. Yeah. yeah. The next time we get together, I'll have to talk to you about the the amphitheater, of the universe. Wow. Uh, and and you know because it has everything to do with the cosmic worship that is going on. The so, universe is a place of worship, and that's who we are. So. Hallelujah. All right. Well, John, thank you so much. You got a few more minutes to do something for our, our uh, partners behind the scenes. Sure do. All right. Well, uh, let me just sign off here. just want to thank everybody for being on here. And if you'd like to be a partner, you can go to our website, which is right up there, kingdomtalksmedia.com. And uh, there is a place there that you can become a partner and help us uh, in getting this message out to everybody. We are simply sharing the heart of God, the love of God with uh, different people and different viewpoints, not trying to say that one is the only way but rather that we are all one coming together and we each carry a piece. So if you want to help us get that message out there, become a partner, you can go to kingdomtalksmedia.com. Bless you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. John, thank you for being on here. You're such a blessing. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. All right. Take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for taking time out to listen to Kingdom Talks. You can find out more about Kingdom Talks Media and our mission to unite in faith and grow as mature sons at KingdomTalksMedia.com. Please continue to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, Fringe Radio Network, and many more places. Go to our website to find links to all of our media outlets, as well as fantastic online courses and conferences including the life-changing interactive course, Ultimate Impact. And last but not least, we ask that you consider partnering with us to fulfill the mission to get these messages to the world. To become a partner, go to the Partnership tab on our website. Thank you, and until next time, live a blessed life and keep carrying us in your heart and sharing us wherever hearts are open.